Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, and today I have another special guest with me, Austin Wells. He is a lightsaber instructor and the founder of Portside Road. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, tell the audience a little about yourself and where they can find you on social media. So, uh, you can find Portside Rogues on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. We got a YouTube, uh, YouTube that's not really active right now, but you can find us there as well. Okay. Uh, and for anyone that doesn't know, what is Portside Road, and how does it kind of incorporate lightsabers? So, uh, Portside Rogues is a academy. We actually teach everything from your choreographed staged combat, like reenactments and uh, theoretical-type dueling. Uh, we also do tournament style like the sport of lightsaber dueling mm -hmm. and uh actual self-defense techniques like to actually protect yourself if you get in a life or death situation we also teach that as well okay is it like a non-profit for profit how does that go about uh, it's it's uh, a profit business okay. we uh, do classes and private training sessions and things like that. Okay. Uh, what is the most what is one thing about Portside Roads and lightsaber instructing really just gives you a happy moment? Oh, it's, it's always fun. Uh, uh, narrowing down just one thing is going to be a little difficult, but mm. I'd have to say like, uh, Maybe just showing up to different areas while we're marketing. Uh, we usually go to like carnivals and festivals, rave parties and stuff. And it's usually really fun because you know the nerds when you light up a lightsaber and their eyes glow from like half a mile away. <laughs> Come running to see what you are all about. It's always one of my favorite things about being an instructor. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you bring up a really good point. The lightsaber being the call to action for people to be attracted to you. How does that Definitely. work? Uh, well, one of the things is, is like, uh, I don't know why, but children are just naturally drawn to big, glowy objects. Mm. And it's also real cool about, like, you know, we got all these movies that continually come out. Like, uh, we got Kenobi coming out in a couple more weeks. Uh, so everyone just understands what a lightsaber is from such a distance, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the dark. And it's kind of just like that. It's one of, like, three big symbols out there of just absolute, you're good to be a nerd here and we ain't going to judge you for it oh, kind okay. of a thing. We just take it a little step further and actually oh. learn how to use them like oh, they would okay. in the movies. So you say one of big three symbols? What's the other two? Uh, I've always thought, like, the Dragon Balls from the Dragon Ball Z and the Naruto headbands are, like, the biggest uh, nerd items out there that is easily recognizable. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. pretty right about that. The headbands, I would just say, uh, the Dragon Ball could be for the older generation and somewhat nor now, I don't, you know, it could be hard to say if, depending what's going in and now a favor. Yeah. So, you know, a really interesting thing with the lightsaber that kind of is like a proven fact, the reason why the bright flashing lights just attracts people's mindset is because it's like a, there's an effect in the flashing that just makes them drawn to like a firefly, a firefly to light kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, just like a moth or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it like pretty quick. It's, it's very eye catching. It's very quick, but it's very bright. 
people tend mm-hmm. to associate with more with bright colors. And that's why, you know, for example, uh, a siren is blue and red, but blue and red flashing lights. It's to let you know that you have to stop. And it's a cue that you have to take into account. You know, I've, I've never thought of that. We do have the blue and the red dueling against each other all the time. That could be one good reason why people are always like, whoa, what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah. I think the concept is really cool that you have the Academy. I think that you having it provides a space for the inner nerd to come out, but actually be part of a a group to have like-minded interests. Yeah, definitely. And it's great because we don't just have the younger kids like what you'd expect is like a 12 to so old. We we got a lot of people that are within their Mm -hmm. mid-20s that jump into this stuff as well. Oh yeah, uh, it's a it's a following community, but also, I mean, the, the customers second, but the people first. You know, you kind of bring yeah. in that connection, and that kind of what makes it glow on you a little bit. Oh, definitely. So let's say this: I want to go in there, apply to be a student at the academy. What is the steps I need to do to do that? So right now, we've actually got really simple. Uh, We've got a Discord group is one easy way to really get into it. Uh, Other than that, we just post up our different classes of when we do them and everything like that. So it's not like... uh, It's not like you sign up for a membership right now. Mm -hmm. It's more of... You know, you you can show up whenever you feel like learning something new, or you can contact us and get one-on-one personal training done. It, uh, once you're part of our groups inside of the Discord, we actually give you your own like uh, title, and then we help score people on their level of ability from apprentice to master. Okay. Yep. Is it typically people in the local area that you're attracted to, but you have all your people across country? Uh, right now we've got uh most of the people that show up for the class are local or within the close by cities. Okay. But we have been actually because we're in Michigan, we're just across the mm-hmm. uh lake from Sarnia. We have been getting some interest from the Canadian side here and there, and I'm hoping maybe within a couple of years we'll actually have a a little area over on the Canadian side as well. Okay. So having the lake or Michigan isn't the that kind of interesting too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good for a couple of our pictures and things like that uh, mm-hmm. for social media. Uh, we get we uh, got the Blue Water Bridge, which is like a huge landmark that we usually take pictures with or we'll have it in the background of our dueling videos and stuff like that. We'll also get like different types of freighters and yachts and stuff in the background just out for a midnight stroll uh every once in a while uh we'll get a freighter to honk at us we'll (laughs) wave to them with the lightsabers so i mean it it does draw in a little bit of a different uh i want to say feel or uh, a vibe yeah completely different we're so our our group is much more laid back it's not like uh going to a karate center and you know Mm -hmm. stressing about how you're not growing in the ranks it's more of like just a bunch of 
uh, friends going out to like a um, cosplay or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like each and every one of them's got their strengths and weaknesses, but everybody gets along in the end. True. And typically, when you're doing these tournaments and dueling and reenactments, what is the public reception of you doing all this? And do they contribute? Or do they watch? Uh, yeah, we get a we get a lot of people that uh interested in it. We get a a lot more people that see it, and I don't know if they're just intimidated by uh our users. That's really good, and they're really up there. And they're not really sure about jumping in and learning it, or um, we'll get the ones that are like extremely nervous, but oh. they'll watch us from a distance, kind of a thing. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, everyone... we always. Oh, sorry. <laughs> everyone has an origin story. What is your origin story? So, uh. Portside Rogues actually started as uh, three people. We were a lightsaber group before we became an academy. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, the three of us was, um, I was the exotics teacher, which is like double blades, whips, and uh, staff type of work. Uh, we had a single blades expert which he still comes around here and there. And then we had a dual uh, a dual wield, which is one in each hand. But uh, when we were starting to make the transition to become an, uh, an academy, uh, a couple of our groups, group members uh, broke off. They didn't like the idea of it, or they didn't agree with us on how we wanted to start things off and, you know, try and make some money and make this a thing over here. So now it's, it's really just me that teaches all this stuff, but we're hoping that once everything gets the ball running again for this season, it'll help us get back up there again. Oh, okay. Have you guys had like a reunion or anything like that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, most of the members don't talk to the, uh, the dual wield expert anymore. He's really taken a different path, and a lot of people just don't agree with him. Uh, like, no, nothing like, I don't hold grudges or anything like that, but yeah. I, I can't keep him around what he's up to and everything like that anymore the single blade guy i I don't know he's been depressed or something and i just i hear from him here and there i check in on him and all that but he's just not into it as he used to be anymore okay well at least you keep up with him and uh all that's you know good jazz you know you don't keep you don't keep him at a distance you kind of check in because you have that correspondence with him at the time and overall rapport, as I say. Yeah, I mean, when you get into the lightsaber dueling and everything, uh, you've got like, I, I mean, me and the single blade guy were dueling like for three years together. And I mean, we learned off of each other for, this entire time and we grew real close and everything uh so it's great because it's not just me that's like that we we get a couple of the students in the the class that will hook up on uh the discord servers and they're also creating these types of bonds where it's like even though they don't show up to practice they're still they're still out there, and they're still connected, in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it does really bring a point that Discord is a really good community building and 
just relationship in general. Yeah, definitely. And it's great because we do get that occasional person who's hateful. You know, you'll get the the virgin uh, comments and the, uh, you know, there's always going to be that one person that's going to try and put you down. But when there's a group of like four or five of us just having the time of our lives swinging and mm-hmm. smacking each other around with lightsabers, that really kind of shuts them out. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the origin story. So you stay in contact with one person, the other one not so much. So the trifecta has kind of broke away, become that of the pale. Uh, what is like the central message you want the academy to stand for? Uh, we actually believe in a uh, a piece of our uh, nonprofit that comes off of the Portside Rogues. Uh, Portside Rogues actually funds a smaller. Uh, teen program. It's a troubled teen program called Project Chivalry. And our belief is people who are struggling are not bad people. And we like to stand by it and say, you know, teenagers and these youth act out because no one's paying attention to them. And as these lightsaber duelists and, you know, people who look up to us we need to be mentors in our community and actually we do try and strive to be a lot like the jedi inside of the movies and we're outreaching and we're compassionate for people okay i can see that you know you reaching out you being a like empowerment advocate and also just building up who they are, where they belong. I think that's a great message to send to the the people that have similar issues. Great because, like, we've had so many kids uh, come in and out from these troubled teen centers and stuff like that. We'll have them in our program for a couple weeks, and the members will just talk to them and figure out like hey man what's going on why are you acting up in school and these kids will just open up and be like yeah I ain't got uh, a dad at home I don't have like uh, I'm not getting the attention I need I'm struggling in school because I'm getting bullied and things like that and it's amazing to see these children open up and just pour out their hearts and feelings and these guys will just latch on to these children real quick, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I had those issues way back then, and this is how I handled it back then. And, you know, it, it's been a great part of our community, not just, like, going out and having fun and being a spectacle, but also all these students go out, and then they're these big role models for the community as a whole and they're just helping anyone and everyone that's out there true you know I think not the fact that you have the non-profit but also Portside Road at the the forefront of it what is like a marketing for that non-profit that you have been a, a great building block for? Uh, We usually tell uh, uh, about our very first student that went through the program when we first started getting it up. Uh, We actually have a police officer that's in the area and he knew about our programs. He was like, he he came into our program for a couple times just as a lightsaber duelist uh, when he was off duty and I guess this kid was running away from home every Saturday and the police had to go and get him from the train tracks because he was spray painting the cars and causing trouble and mischief. 
Well, uh, I guess his mother just was out of options, didn't know what was going on, didn't know what to do. She had exhausted all the different things that the city offered for this troubled teen. And, well, the police officer said, oh, well, there's this lightsaber group, and they do these. They work with children on these things. So he gave her my contact information. She contacted me, like, within the next day. And um, when she called and asked about everything, I ran her through, you know, we just... We work with these kids, we teach them a couple things, like a couple tricks and some basics with the lightsaber. We talk to them, we mentor with them, and then we figure out what the problem is and try and find a way to solve it. Well, we we did this a week later, uh, the mentor that was partnered with the kid comes back and he says, well, the kid's not a bad kid. He ain't got a... um, dad at home his mother doesn't pay attention to him because he's got all these other siblings and everyone in school is making fun of him because he wants to grow up and be a chef and i guess some reason kids think that only women should be cooking or something like that i don't know why that was the stereotype well we we got back to this kid and we said you know Every great chef is a man out there, so don't listen to those children. Instead, we're going to find this path. We actually found a soup kitchen within our area, and instead of the kid running out every night to cause mayhem, he actually gets picked up uh, and helps a chef uh, learn how to cook and meals and everything like that so he's actually already on his way to become a chef like he uh, dreams of that's one of the things that we always tell people about what Project Chivalry is all about and how it works and I've always been the type of guy that says if it's stupid but it works it's not stupid (laughs) if it ain't broke if it ain't broke don't fix it Exactly. Well, also, you know, chef is a great industry because it's the hospitality. You work with the public. You give them the food that they want. You give them the experience that they don't necessarily get at home because they're eating out or they're eating in a place that's maybe not something they get every day. Yeah, and I'm always focusing on passions and stuff and Mm -hmm. it's really easy to you know cook something and then look at it and say i made this and no one else could do this kind of a thing and that's what i always see is you know i'm passionate about like i can train students to be the best lightsaber duelist they can be Uh, well it's no different from this kid wanting to become a chef he can make masterpieces who knows maybe the kid will one day be the next gordon ramsay you know Hmm. he can make food that's that just wows everybody because it's his passion Mm -hmm. true you know you have to have to take it hot like what do people want to do what are the goals to achieve it what is setting them back from achieving it what is the self-esteem associated with achieving it? But also, is that the true path? Or is it something else? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, speaking of path and taking where you belong, did you see yourself doing Portside Road as a full-time, quote-unquote, teaching Instructing Academy? Yes. um, My uh, goal is to one day actually have my own building and do this full time. But I also want to do it as like... So the way I'm looking at it is I want Portside Rogues to fund the different non-profit 
that I work with and everything like that. I, I work with the, the food drives and I love to work with the deep pollution industries and the, um, uh, troubled youth, like I've said. Uh, they're just other passion, uh, passions out there that I really love. I'd love to be able to have Portside Rogues as like a full time thing and it helps me fund uh, working with youth programs and just spreading across the United States. Uh, the biggest thing that we've looked at is um, currently lightsaber dueling isn't a uh, all-around sport. Currently, it's just like, oh, only able-bodied people can do this and that stuff, but it's not true. We have actually taught kids with, you know, cerebral palsy, which disables their ability to walk, and I have taught a couple kids that only have one arm or have other issues like prosthetics, and I would like to make portside rogues maybe one day the forefront of a special olympic type deal with the lightsaber sports because currently nobody else is stepping up to the plate and i've got a passion for kids that like to defy the odds oh, okay so if it's if portside road is part time what is the other thing that you do to help on the side, that's not what. Oh, uh, what what I used to pay bills right now. It, um, I'm a uh, trainee diesel mechanic right now. Oh, that's two different fields. Yeah, <laughs> I got into it because my dad's a diesel mechanic, but oh, okay, it's not it's not really where I want to be. It's not, you know, I'm not very good at it for one thing. And the next is like, you know, this isn't where I want to be. I can't do anything. I, I'm not helping anyone where I'm at. And that does bother me a little bit in that aspect of I can't reach out and do what I want to do. Portside Rogues would be more preferable because not only does the program make the money, but I'm also able to help with everything that I want to do. True. I mean, you can always retire from diesel and then have that as coming in and you can just focus on Portside Road. Yeah, um, but that'll be another 40 years. I'm still, I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, at that point. Question is, yeah. what's going to happen first? Diesel just going to be part of who you are or Portside Road? Uh, I've always thought, you know, Portside Rogues, uh, I've been a lightsaber guy for a long time. Uh, I've only been a trainee diesel mechanic for about three years, mm -hmm. but I've got about, I'm coming up on 17 years of this lightsaber stuff. I jumped into it when I was 10 years old and the ball just kept rolling and it never stopped. Uh, and it took me about five years to be any good at it, but, you know, I stride through and I worked hard at it, practiced all the time, and I got to where I am now, to where I'm one of, I think I'm one of five, last I checked, of the best duelists within Michigan, but I'm one of the best instructors as well, so, I mean... Hey, I'm not a duelist no more, but I'm one heck of a teacher. True. It's something to be, you know, a man it. And where did lightsaber passion come from? Uh, so one of my dream jobs was actually to be a Navy SEAL. So oh. I was ridiculous with my learning of martial arts and uh i picked up a sword because um 
the Marines was one of the big areas I was looking to get a part of. So I, I learned various sword arts and fencing was one of my sports within high school. I took various karate classes throughout middle school. So it just can't, it kind of blended when I was rejected for the military. I got ADHD, so they wouldn't even accept me into their programs or anything like that. But I already had such a passion and a love for these martial arts. I just continued going, and <laughs> it became one heck of a uh, addiction pretty quick. Well, usually ADHD is not a a factor that limits you for the military. It's unless it's like medicated. I don't really because uh, my brother's ADHD, and he's joined. He he joined the Coast Guard, the National Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if it's just the state of Michigan or something, but they don't allow it over here. And I, I, I kind of took it as a sign of like, this isn't what I'm meant to do. And I guess it took me, oh shoot, maybe five years to figure out that maybe lightsabering and teaching these martial arts is really what I'm meant to be. Okay. I understand that the, the way of the sword, martial arts, fencing, all contributed to lightsaber, but what made you specifically pick up the lightsaber that just made you even more oh. fascinated? Yeah, uh, so when I was fencing throughout high school um, and everything like that, a buddy of mine was like, hey man, uh, a couple of us are leaving the fencing and joining up this group of lightsaber duelists and it's he was saying like oh it's gonna be this really big thing in a couple years and everyone's gonna graduate towards this instead and it's all complex it's complicated and it's challenging and I've always been one of the guys that's like I don't want easy I want something that's going to pick at me and I've got to figure it out kind of a thing. So I jumped into it and they were right. My fencing didn't do anything to help me with uh, lightsaber stuff. I didn't hold my own very well. And I mean, these guys ran circles around me. They, they knew what they were doing kind of a thing. And it did take me a good, uh, yeah, like I said, it took me a good five years to be any good at it before I started actually winning matches. <laughs> mm. So what was the inspiration during the five-year period to continue? What was the driving force? Well, once I started uh, learning that the single blade wasn't my dominant it was the double blade uh double blades are so unusual and different uh a good amount of people say that the double blade you know like darth maul's double blade is very very obsolete it's not useful it's not practical but i was one of the first few people that actually took it and created a whole nother uh, technique with it. And a lot of people were like, wow, you are the best double blade duelists within these brackets in these, uh, in the sports area. So after the five year mark, when I finally got my double blade and started using it, people, you know, kind of pushed me forward on saying, that I was really good at it, and it's unusual on how I utilize that blade because a lot of people believe, oh, you just hit their hands and that's it for them, but I don't actually allow that at all. I hold it in a whole different way, and I hold it uh, 
hold it in a different way. I swing it a different way. Uh, I really control the battlefield with one of those things. So when I found out I've got a skill that nobody else has, I really took off with that and continued moving. All right. So you you picked up a knack that you had a niche in this particular double wielding access. What is your current rank at the moment? Oh, uh, within like a, a standing. Yeah, I would. Uh, within most other places, I'd be considered a master. Uh, and it within my own ranking, I'm actually. A, uh, we we do an elites, which is just one step above the master. Oh, okay. So is there yeah, any other elite in the program with you? Uh, we had one other guy, the uh, the single blade user that dueled with me for years and years oh, okay. was also an elite, but since he's ha- hasn't been in the program for a while, he's kind of just <laughs> he's kind of a wanderer for our group, but the a wandering lot of us swordsman, right? Uh-huh. The wandering swordsman. He goes from town to town. You don't know where he'll be until he shows up. Yeah, and he is very proficient with that single blade, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> so is there anyone rising up in the ranks that you think might have potential for Master? Oh, uh, we do have one. Uh he hasn't really. Ch- he hasn't chosen a na- uh, a nickname yet, mm. but he's been very quick and uh, perceptive to figuring mm. out uh, the very first form. How we do our ranking system is by how many forms you are proficient with of the seven, and he's got a pro- uh, pretty good grip on the third form so he's almost to the knight stature which is right in between the apprentice and the master okay yeah uh, we do have one he's I can see him becoming a master and his name is Ares okay. and he's also one of our uh, troubled teen program kids too and he's been working up there pretty well but his time and everything's kind of more limited so he's only growing slow because he can't make it to every practice true mm-hmm. now when did the actual like when did the academy become reality like when did you realize that this can be taught to other people? Uh, so I was actually just jumping around and everything like that. I, I stopped becoming a duelist because there's pride and ego within the sport. So I was taking a break, and I came across an advertisement back in 2019, and it was they were talking about lightsaber combat had become an official competitive sport and this is something that's big and they teach it all over the place and this type of stuff and I said to myself you know I'm one of the best duelists that was out there when I was in the game and why don't I try my hand at teaching and one of the first students I taught actually ended up going to one of these one of these other groups and just ran circles around them and it was amazing to say like oh I just taught another master rank guy who just jumped into the dueling world of lightsabers no one knew who he was or anything like that he jumps in and then out of nowhere everyone knows who he is because he's this good 
and it turns out like, oh, well, I might not be the best duelist anymore, but I am one of the best teachers out there. Oh, okay. Is mm-hmm. ever a part of you wondering to go actually go back into the uh, dueling atmosphere, or teaching is where you want to be? You know, I have thought about getting back into dueling and everything. My body's a little out of shape, so I'd have to I'd have to work back into getting up there again. But you know, I would consi- I still do consider it some days. I, I know it was. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to use the word aggravating or a little bit. Uh, tedious or something Fascinating. like that. Yeah, yeah uh, there's there's just so many dueling groups out there. They're just full of pride and ego. And anyone who's really looking to get into lightsaber dueling as a whole, just, you know, un- understand that you're going to run into these guys who think they're the best and they're going to shoot you down kind of a thing if you hold back on them kind of a thing. And that's kind of what made me leave the dueling community as a whole was just like, there's these guys up there, these really, really good duelists that have no problem just not teaching anyone anything and not allowing them to have their full potential released. And it's... It is kind of upsetting to me because I'm one of those teachers that's like, I will teach my students everything I possibly can. If these guys can stomp me on the battleground and everything, I feel I did my job and I did my part to get these guys as far as they can go. And a lot of these duelists out here are just like, they they know they're on top and they're not going to help anyone get up there either to have a decent fight. And it does bug me. True. I mean, it might bug you, but, like, could it also be that you beat them in a particular duel, and maybe that's satisfaction enough? Yeah, you know... I've been able to say, like, you know, I stepped back and I've just changed my whole aspect, uh, jumping back into what Star Wars is really meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it's really changed not only my outlook on life, but also just my whole personality and attitude towards it as well. Uh, for a good example was... Like, I, I had horrible anger issues when I was dueling and stuff, like, two, three years back. And, you know, then I stepped back and said, you know, I need to reevaluate. And I jumped in to the animated series of uh, The Clone Wars mm-hmm. on, and everything, and... I, I, you know, I actually listened for once and noticed, like, you know, Jedi don't hold grudges. They don't, they don't create those connections. They don't poison their own energy. And I kind of just looked at myself and said, you know what? It's not everyone around me that's causing me the issues. It's, I'm in these uh, positions because... I allow these things to hurt me, and I allow these things to uh, poison my energy, and I need to, you know, take a lesson from the Jedi inside these movies, and it really helped me out. I'm much calmer, and I'm a much happier person because of it. Oh, okay. So you found... Okay, so instead of uh, the Star Wars leading to lightsabers, is lightsabers kind of leading to Star Wars. Yeah, the funny thing is, is um, I actually dueled, and I was a lightsaber duelist for her, like two years before I actually watched my first Star Wars episode because I really wanted to 
delve into it a little more. So it's, it is very funny to actually tell people, like, I was a lightsaber duelist for two years before I actually watched a movie. Okay. And then, what was the perspective of Star Wars that kind of contributed to lightsabers and the Academy? Uh, well, I'd have to say a lot of the, um, animated stuff when I was reevaluating really helped out and I just started paying attention to a lot of the movies and a lot of the video games, uh, the books and everything like that and there is seven forms of lightsaber combat and it's cool to know that each one's got a different personality and a different feel for it and they're all completely teachable but I've also learned that there are other academies out there that do not teach any of the seven forms. So I got it in my head that I'm going to be one of the first few that teaches the seven forms and really break the ice and change everything. Oh, okay. So... How many members strong of the Academy is it right now? Oh, let's see. We've got... Let's see. Last season, we were with about six guys. got four apprentices and two knights. Oh, so is it still... Okay, so it's not... So it's still relatively, relatively small. Yeah, yeah, we're still we're still decently small. Uh, okay. Yeah, the the split when we changed from group to academy, we uh, lost about half of our number. Oh dang! That must yeah, have sucked. it was kind of a bummer, but I kind of saw it as like, you know, if these guys ain't gonna hold on to our, these ideals and stuff, then it's for the best. True. You still keep keep in contact with them? That split? Um, there is uh, a couple of them. There's one guy. He um, he ended up going to uh, the military. Uh, he he actually became a marine. Uh, I, every once in a while, I do check in on him because you know he never did anything wrong. He never caused any problems or anything like that but he didn't want to uh, he didn't want to stay and have his friends be how, how they are you know yeah. there are a couple of them I still try and keep in contact with that split off from us and everything They, a couple of the ones that really caused some havoc uh Tried to make their own group, and it that that group failed. So, yeah. So they tried to make their own group, but couldn't succeed because of the the previous group wasn't enough influence on them. Um, I I believe one of the uh, big issues was is a, a lot of the people that left the group weren't nearly trained for many weeks or even months. So I believe that like, I'm thinking like the top two guys because there was two masters that left with the rest of them. I believe those two must have bought overpower and may have just ruined all of it for them. Like they didn't, they didn't figure out who was really in lead. Yeah, I, I don't exactly know what happened at all because I'm not in contact with those two, the the two bigger ones, because they caused a lot of problems. Uh, but the rest of them, the, the ones that I stayed in contact with, they were like, man, we don't know what happened either. Like, we never even had a meet, and that was like the weirdest thing. Yeah, that is a little strange. Yeah. Not gonna lie. No, with that experience, was it just 
you know, asking for the money and supporting that way, or is it more than that? Um, you know, I I feel like it was kind of a combination of a couple things because when we became the academy, I reset everyone's um positions and started reevaluating how we uh did things like our uh our ranks for master are actually a little more difficult to achieve nowadays than it was back when we were just a a normal group like mastery was just like oh yeah you can utilize a single blade a double blade and uh dual wield and that made you a master now it's uh you have to be proficient in at least three of the seven forms to actually reach this level. Mm-hmm. And the other portion was, is um, a couple of them seem to have fallen in with other toxic uh, dueling communities that really have it out for me uh, due to how I left the dueling communities and stuff like that. They they had it out for me and these guys got in contact with them and I feel it was probably a combination of the two I may have put too much stress on them from changing the roles and titles and the mixture of that with them getting in contact with these other groups may have caused a lot of problems oh okay so looking back at it now, would be anything you do different, or you just keep the same? You know, I I'm not sure. I guess uh, half of me sees it as like, you know, if this if they were gonna break off like the uh, like this because a lot of choice words were said and some heated arguments and things like that were exchanged i feel like you know it's not uh that i see these guys as bad people or anything like that but they're definitely people that's gone down a path that i really wouldn't be able to condone if if one of my students nowadays did that i would be upset very upset about it uh, but really, I don't think I'd do it any differently. I, I feel like maybe getting rid of these guys who were just angry uh, when the change started was probably what we needed to start moving in a better direction. Oh, okay. Now, do you feel like the Academy is like a, a new group? Or do you feel like yeah. the Academy... Is beyond a group. Ooh, you know that's a good question. Uh, you know it. It may be just beyond some group because the influences of how we interact with people out there do actually affect our community. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'd call it just an academy anymore maybe we've become something a little more i wouldn't know what to call it though okay so it's not an academy it's not a group what we're getting is what a regiment you know i would like to say a community is probably the closest thing oh i was thinking like I'd want to say maybe we're like a community now because uh, sure we got duelists uh, we've got uh, these guys from the gymnastics that I do also jump in with this stuff and really do an awesome job uh, we've connected with uh, a really awesome nonprofit called Force Against Hunger that a local karate place goes for. And they come to us and have us 
help them out and I spread that again, uh, across our guys and you know one of our guys actually volunteered to be an actor for this thing and you know it was it was amazing to see like oh yeah I I'd say hey guys there's this awesome thing that's changing lives and each and every one of these guys is like oh well how can I help and what can we do to make this better for us and what can I do to you know extend this out to the community to make it an even better thing so sure we're teaching things in the academy but I'd have to say my students just create a whole nother atmosphere about it they're not just like oh yeah I'm I go to this place to learn how to be a lightsaber duelist it's become more of a um <laughs> more of like a this is my teacher and this is how I live my life because he's inspired me to be bigger than myself true you know as we before we take this for a wrap up is there like any closing statements that you want the audience to know about about Rogue Academy, uh, lightsabers, Star Wars, anything? One of the things that we like to say to people at the Academy is believe, feel, act. If you believe you're the best at something, you're going to act that way. And when you act that way, you'll feel that uh, You'll feel that way. <laughs> oh, okay. Believe, feel, act. Believe, so, feel, act. That's a... Uh... Interesting analogy. Yeah, it's a cool thing uh, one of our mentors brought up to us, and it was a cool thing because it's off of a excerpt of Thomas Edison. Um, Thomas Edison actually left, uh, lived his entire life believing he was too intelligent, and that was why he was kicked out of school during his childhood, when an opposite... He was considered incredibly stupid of a child, and that's why he was kicked out of school. But because of his mother's ability of telling him, oh, he was too smart and the schools couldn't teach him anymore, he lived his entire life believing he could do anything and everything because he was intelligent. And that's kind of what believe feel act comes from is it's don't let some idiot tell you that you're not good enough and start telling yourself you're good enough okay because then you know the thought process of believing it once you know you have to have the belief to establish the action and the action exactly. takes foothold and strength from the from the act of believing to actually do what the action is and over time that action becomes routine and you feel it in itself that's what exactly. i think that's exactly what it is you know it kind of reminds me of practice it till you make it yeah. Even if you have to fake it, make it for yourself. Yeah, that's it's actually a a more simple version of it. Yeah, fake it till you make it. It's it's pretty similar to that. We always try and tell people, like, you know, just because you're not good at it now doesn't mean you're never going to be good at it. Yeah. You know how many paintings Picasso painted before he actually became recognized? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And nobody can just walk into something and be the best. You have to work at it, and you need to believe that you can achieve something. Yeah. And that's one thing that we like to teach at Portside Rogues is there's nothing that can ever stop you. Yeah. It's all in your head. True. And I also feel that anyone can be a dual wielder and then actually have the unique fine style like, you know, like you. Exactly. And it is. I mean, like, 
for the longest time I was thinking like, oh, I'm not going to be good at this type of thing. But then one day I picked them up and started practicing with them. And well, now I'm one of the most thought uh, after her lightsaber duelists. It's it's all in your head. It's it's insane to know that like the only people that hold us back is ourselves. True. Society is very judgmental. Society gives us established roles, but we yeah. don't belong to any established role. We make what we want to make. We decide the path that is for us. And as a result, you kind of break the mold of what society puts on you. If you think like that, because if you don't, you come trapped in this society of what they think and what they believe, and then you believe it to the point it's become action, and you feel it. And you don't want to feel the society negativity. You want to be your own individual. Yeah, and it is kind of sad to say, like, you know, we're we're pushed down all the time, and everyone's always out to down you or judge you on something and the belief you'll act works with that so well and it's like you know if someone tells you you're not good enough you're gonna feel that way you're gonna act that way and you're gonna believe it but if you tell yourself you are good at this and you continue to work at it you feel that way uh, you believe it then you start to use action, and then you'll start to feel like it and become that. I feel we need to really start working on being the types of generation that can say, I'm not going to hold myself back anymore, and I'm not going to listen to these other people. Yeah, that is true. Uh, You know, you have to believe it to be acted to feel it. And one way to believe, act, and feel it is, you know, maybe doing something that is beyond you. Yeah. As we take this to a close, um, where can they find you, Austin? And then we can go from there. Yeah, so you can find Portside Rogues on... Uh, Facebook, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok. Those are like our most active accounts right now. And uh, everyone, you can check out uh, our website, MC Anime Podcast. Uh, Anywhere you can find podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, All Hot Radio, MC Anime, Stitcher. Uh, we have a Patreon community at the moment, trying to grow it up. MC Anime Tears, check it out. Original post, so you support the creative MC Anime podcast. Make sure you check it out and believe it, just like the philosophy Naruto has. Because guess what, Austin really encapsulates great imagination, fight for spirit. An overall underdog story that you just can't ignore. Thank you so much, Austin. Of course. I I really had fun with this. I hope it was as enlightening as it was for me. Oh, yeah. Let Let the Force be with us after May 4th. Again, May 27th. Yeah, it's another day coming up. Always uh, something uh, else. That's uh, Kenobi when uh, Kenobi releases. Oh, bo- oh, so you have like a. Okay, so yeah. Let the. Hey, watch a Kenobi in theaters. You have Austin's uh, way of passage say you should watch it. So that's his message, right? I approve this <laughs> message. Yeah, it's on. It's supposed to be on Disney Plus, uh, the twenty seventh. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right. Well, this was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. 
And for anyone that wants to look at Portside Rogue and, you know, follow Austin and his crew, so be it. Let Portside Rogues be the, the tunnel to enlightenment to find your own path. Oh boy. And the big <laughs> giant Pixar. The giant light going down. <laughs> Alright, guys. See you later. See ya. <laughs>